Hello everyone! Welcome back to Capes and Japes. Springtime Capes and Japes, the season of random background noises, apparently. I I don't know, it's very rhythmic, but I can't hear it with my own ears, so who knows what it is. <laughs> hmm, mysterious. Maybe it's haunted. Ooh. Ooh. Um also season of I need to put these uh bubble tea dice that my roommate got me for my birthday away so I don't start <laughs> slapping them around like a cat while we're trying to record. It's okay. I just sat down and I realized that I don't have a hands activity, so I'm like, mm, this will be a rough one. <laughs> Hmm, it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. We're gonna be normal. We're gonna be good um, and normal and great. <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, I once again forgot to tell Briar who I was thinking of talking about. I've been thinking about it all day. I'm just like, man, who could it be? <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like this. Like, I'm never doing it intentionally, but also you never ask. <laughs> I mean, it's a fun little mystery, because all day I've been like, who haven't we covered on Justice League International? Because that seems like kind of where we're going, but I feel like we've talked about everybody, but that can't be right. I, um, also, no, I did not, I, I mean, I need to double check and see if we have anyone we haven't covered on Justice League International, because maybe we do, but that's not what I wanted I, to cover, because an unrelated thought Ooh. came into my brain. Um, and I was like, we should talk about Icon and Rocket. Oh. Because um, we've not touched on that yet. Um, in a combined episode, because they uh, are almost never separated, um, and also they don't have a whole lot of history um but there's uh definitely some interesting stuff to talk about um so icon and rocket for people who aren't familiar uh were two of the uh sort of flagship characters of milestone comics which was a uh dc imprint um, that was founded in 1993 by uh, Dwayne McDuffie, uh, Derek Dingle, Dennis Cohen, and Michael Davis. A lot of D names. Um, and also a uh, all-black comics creators. Um, Christopher Priest was also... Uh, initially going to be a part of it and then he uh kind of stepped back um reginald hudlin is um another uh creator who was uh sort of there early on and who has uh been writing the new um icon and rocket stuff that we'll uh be getting into um so a, the idea behind Milestone Comics was that it was going to uh, follow primarily black superhero characters uh, in a shared universe, mostly set in the fictional town of Dakota, 
uh, which as the name indicates was a vaguely Midwestern American city. Um, if any of this sounds familiar, it's because uh, we have previously talked about Milestone's most successful character, Static, um, who we love to see. Uh, we do love him very much. Yes. Um, so, uh, Static was one of the, you know, characters who had his own title with Milestone when it launched. Um, and Icon and Rocket were another. Um, the sort of, uh, inciting incident to a lot of these, uh, initial Milestone comics, the thing that kind of, uh, tied most of them together was the idea that uh in Dakota there was this large-scale uh gang war and the mayor authorized the police to use basically untested chemical weapons to break up this big gang fight um and releasing these chemical weapons uh killed a bunch of people, mutated a bunch of other people, uh, and also gave a bunch of people superpowers. Um, and the people who got superpowers from it, the event was referred to as the Big Bang, and the people who got superpowers were referred to as the Bang Babies. Um, so Static was one of these. Icon and Rocket were not, but this whole storyline, you know, still impacts what's going on with Icon and Rocket. Um, so this was initially, at least, not part of the DC universe, um, and DC did not have editorial input over the Milestone comics. Um, they were just, like, using their resources to help publish the comics for a share of the profits, basically. Um, because, uh, in a lot of ways, this was seen as a pretty significant financial risk, because who is going to want to read comics about black people besides black people? A lot of um, people, turns out. <laughs> turns out a lot of people. Turns out that one of them actually got a, uh, cartoon about him. Then people loved it. Um, there was, a Milestone, um... It did eventually end up shutting down in, like, the late 90s, um, which had more to do with sort of the, uh, general comic book market at the time. This is more, like, more economic than this podcast, like, I feel really qualified to get into, but in the 90s there was this huge, like, boom in comics, like, speculation of like people like buying issues to be like oh this will be worth like a ton of money someday and you know like just a like lot beanie of, babies like, just like beanie babies people were doing this like crazy in the 90s um you know there were like a lot of like big events and like a lot of you know like specialty covers and like stuff like that and uh as happened with Beanie Babies and with a lot of, like, huge booms, uh, this ended up sort of crashing, um, 
Marvel, I think, declared bankruptcy at some point, um, which is wild now because, uh, I don't know if anyone's heard, but, uh, it's a very successful brand currently, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a weird time for a lot of reasons, uh, but all that backstory being established, let's, uh, talk about Icon and Rocket. Um, so Icon is, uh, ostensibly the main character of, uh, this series. It's titled after him, um, but Rocket is there from the beginning, and she's, like, more sort of of a, a point-of-view character. Um, so it's pretty much always been about both of them. Um, but Icon is the one with the, uh, wilder backstory. Um, he's, uh, cited a lot as, like, the black Superman or the, like, milestone answer to Superman. Um, and I, like, I don't know how much of that is, like, oh, yeah, like, let's put a Superman analog in, uh, our new comics imprint, or how much of it is just... you. Well, you gotta have a Superman. <laughs> you gotta have a Superman, and... When you do a character whose backstory is that he's an alien who crashed to Earth and then was raised on Earth, it's always going to draw Superman analogs, whether you're intending to say something about Superman or not. Yeah. Um, that is just the situation when you live in a world where Superman is probably the most famous fictional character who exists. Um, so, Icon... Uh, as mentioned, is an alien. Um, he is, uh, originally named, uh, oh shoot, did I forget to write it Arnis. down? Um, what? Arnis. Yeah, wow, look at you. You do the episode. <laughs> no, I only know this because, uh, the first few minutes of podcast when I don't have a hands activity is making the uh, title card for the episode. Oh, well, great, great job. Stepped in, uh, stepped in and saved me. Turns um, out it was a good thing that I didn't have a hands activity today. Yeah, because um, <laughs> I forgot which of my tabs this was in. Uh, anyways, um, he is... Uh, Born Arnis on uh, a planet Ter Terminia, um, and he is a member of a galactic council called the Cooperative, um, where he helps kind of grow vegetables and <laughs> yeah, exactly, and you know, make really just uh, living green. Flows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, he, uh, helps to kind of, uh, mediate various, you know, intergalactic hostilities. Basic space court. Um, like a space council of space lawyers. He, uh, you know, values, like, peace and cooperation, um, and 
it has like a very strong ethical code as do most of the people that he works with and i think his like society that he comes from um i think initially um this might have changed with retcons his people do not have superpowers or at least don't have them to the extent that he ends up having them um i'm not a hundred percent sure if that's different now because there have been some uh some various universe resets um but he is uh on a space vacation on a spaceship um and the spaceship blows up um and he takes an escape pod and crash lands on earth um and this escape pod with its advanced alien technology uh when he lands basically like reprograms his dna um in order to uh help him fit in wherever he crashed to make him look like it erases his memories i'm pretty sure or like temporarily suppresses his memories um and gives him the appearance of a baby version of whoever the first person to discover this pod is um that's so convoluted it's cr- it's because cr- <laughs> i read this and for, like, the first version of this backstory I read was, like, he crash-landed on Earth, and, like, this, you know, pod made him look like a human. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. And then it was like, no, he was an adult, and this pod made him look like a human baby. <laughs> Which I get, like, I guess, like, the explanation is, like... Oh, like, you know, it'll be a baby. And then, like, people have a natural instinct to care for babies. And they'll, like, you know, help That's assuming a lot about a species. Yes. Uh, no, that's true. Um, you know, and they'll, uh, help, like, take care of him and teach him how to fit in on Earth without, I guess, without him being, like, an adult man who's, like, hello, what can I eat here? By himself. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but it's still... (laughs) It's still pretty wild. The um, person who proposed this was like, yeah, and then it turns you into a baby, and everybody else is like, I'm sorry, what? He's like, why? yeah. No, it, <laughs> it turns you into a baby. Well, what? That Because then somebody will find you and take care of you. It's like, why can't I just take care of myself? You're on a planet. You don't know who's there. You couldn't be. You wouldn't be able to take care of yourself. But why do I have to be a baby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, honestly. Um. So. Uh. I'm. Unfortunately for Icon. I mean, like. Fortunately for, uh, the narrative, um, because this is the story that they're telling, unfortunately for Icon, um... It's wild how the story tells the story that it's telling. Yeah. Very fortunate. Uh, yeah. Um, he, uh, the first person who discovers this pod is a, he, okay, I forgot to mention, he lands in 1839. 
That's important. This is um, important, yes. This is relevant. Um, the uh, first person who discovers this pod is an enslaved woman uh, named Miriam, who uh, finds this baby um, and takes him in to raise as her own son. Um, Meanwhile, so the, baby- the, baby, the baby fire guy is like, yeah, it's working. Look yeah, at how exactly. good it's working. It's working so good. And everybody else is like, well, I mean, I feel like there probably would be a lot of people who would find a baby and be like, I absolutely can't take care of a baby <laughs> right now. Um, it's like, no, it's working. It's a great plan. Um, so he uh, is taken in by Miriam and raised on this plantation. Um, he first uh discovers his superpowers as i think a teenager um he has Sounds about right for um, comics yeah you comics love that um he has a like a pretty standard like kind of superman-ish suite of powers um he is super strength uh super speed he can fly um, he is, uh, <laughs> bulletproof, I am pretty sure, you know, invulnerable. This actually says, which is very funny, the Wikipedia power list specifically lists nine invulnerability. Ah. When he's blasted? <laughs> when, he, when he's blasted! I'm sorry. I'm so sorry to our good our good friend Cannonball, but it's always gonna be funny. I'm not um, sorry. He did this to himself. <laughs> he did this to himself by loudly announcing that he is in fact nigh invulnerable when he's blasted. Every time that he's blasted. <laughs> um he uh can shoot some sort of energy beam. Um he has a healing factor for things that do manage to injure him. Uh, and he is also seemingly immortal. Um, because, uh, he ages initially, it seems, at, like, a pretty normal rate. Um, and then when he hits adulthood, he just basically stops. Um, or, like, ages, like, very very, very, very slowly, um, as one could surmise from the fact that he, uh, you know, landed on Earth in 1839, and in the 90s, and today, he is still very much alive, and an active superhero, um. And not, like, visibly old. (laughs) Yeah, just kind of, you know, a a regular-looking adult man. Um, so he is present and plays a role, um, throughout a lot of American history, and specifically Black American history. Um, he, you know, as he's, like, growing up and discovering his superpowers, he, uh, assists the Underground Railroad, um, he, uh, joins the Civil War, he, uh takes the uh last name of Freeman. Um Augustus Freeman is his like human name. Um 
he uh goes to law school um he uh meets a woman during the Harlem Renaissance who he marries and has like a uh a pretty a decently long relationship with um before she eventually dies of cancer but they're together for like several decades so it's at least you know it's not like oh a supervillain came and and killed my wife to upset me it's like oh well i'm immortal so i you know my wife lived yeah. a regular human life um he um fights alongside the allies in world war Two. um he is a uh, part of the civil rights movement um just you know there uh, most of this is not this all happens before the first issue of icon the comic it's just yeah this is of, still all backstory this is all backstory stuff um and then uh eventually after his wife's death um he establishes himself as a uh very successful, pretty wealthy, like, corporate lawyer. Um, he moves to Dakota, um, the aforementioned city where kind of these milestone comics are centered. Um, and he, like, throughout his life, he has not really made a big deal of his superpowers. He's mostly kind of kept them hidden and used them to help people when he needs to, and he's still doing it, like, kind of doing, like, sort of small acts of, like, heroics and do-goodery, but not, like, superheroing. Yeah, um, he's not out here like, oh my god, it's Superman. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that changes uh, in the first issue of Icon, um, when his house gets broken into, um, by a group of teens, uh, and he uses his powers to, like, stop them, uh, and one of the teens is a girl named Raquel Irvin, um, who is from an extremely impoverished area of the city um you know has obviously like turned to crime out of uh a need to you know survive uh you know eat food <laughs> eat eat food you know live somewhere have clothes have clothes heat, warmth shelter um basic human rights <laughs> All of those things that our country fails to provide to people, you know. Um, yeah. Um, so she is, you know, despite all of this that she's going through, is still, like, some idealistic. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're robbing a well-to-do corporate lawyer, I think, like, you're robbing the right person, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. She's like, actually, this is fine. 
Um, but when she sees uh, Augustus use his powers, she's like, holy shit, you have superpowers. Like, you could be a superhero. You could, like, help people. Um, and he's like, well, that's not, like, really my thing. And she's like, well, it should be. And I'm going to be your sidekick. Uh, so <laughs> she decides she is the one who names them um, Icon and Rocket. Uh, Icon ends up giving her a uh, belt that he creates out of like the remaining technology from his escape pod that he still has um, that lets her, gives her... Uh, kinetic energy powers um which i feel like people also love to do in the 90s um i mean who wouldn't who wouldn't listen it's do we understand what kinetic energy is not a hundred percent but that's fine um it sounds cool and that's what counts it sounds so cool and we can give stuff cool glowy auras um but yeah, so he uh, agrees to becoming a superhero team together. Um, makes her this belt that she can use to uh, fly and like manipulate, redirect kinetic energy. Um, and the two of them become Icon and Rocket. Um, they don't... Again, because, like, Milestone didn't have, like, a whole lot of, like, big, you know, galactic-level threats. Um, so they were mostly dealing with, like, as is the case with, like, a lot of stories, dealing with various, you know, like, street criminals and, like, you know, people who had been mutated by the Big Bang, um, and stuff like that. Um, a lot of the sort of, I guess, heart of the story kind of comes from, uh, the, well, the relationship between the two of them, but also the differing political views between the two of them, because Icon is established as, like, very conservative, um, as kind of, you know, like, like he, you know, lived through slavery and he was like there for the civil rights movement, but he's also kind of like, well, I lived through all of this and I, you know, made I myself into fine. a self, yeah, I became a self-made man and now I'm a very successful corporate lawyer. Um, it's like, sir, you also have superpowers. <laughs> you do have superpowers. Um, and seemingly unlimited time. <laughs> yeah, you live forever. Um, so he is like kind of coming at it from that attitude and also implied. And I think kind of this is emphasized in like the newer versions. He's like sort of disillusioned with things after the death of his wife. Um, Fair. Yeah. Uh, whereas, uh, Rocket, by contrast, is, you know, Young very, and idealistic. Like, exactly. She's young and idealistic. She's, like, very kind of left-wing. Uh, 
in terms of politics. So the two of them disagree about a lot of that stuff. Um, Dwayne McDuffie, who is the uh, writer on this, uh, is also very left-wing. So it's like sort of obvious where his sympathies lie, even if, you know, Icon is still written sympathetically. Um, apparently, uh, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas was a, uh, big fan of Icon specifically, um, and had his people, like, contact Milestone and, like, talk to Dwayne McDuffie and tell them, like, what a big fan he was and how he, you know, kept these, like, binders full of issues of Icon that he would, like, go through and, like, mark, like, different, like, quotes that he wanted to use in, like, speeches and stuff. Um, uh-huh. And Dwayne McDuffie wrote a blog post about this where he was like, I had the worst case of writer's block after I heard that because I couldn't stop thinking <laughs> about how things I wrote could be inspiring Clarence Thomas, who I hate. <laughs> Um, it's like, oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry, buddy. <laughs> it's like, oh no, where did I go wrong? Where did I go wrong? Um, just very, uh, very unfortunate. I'm so sorry, Dwayne. Um, there's also, um, they interact with some of the other, uh, you know, obviously the other characters of Milestone. There's like a superhero team called the Shadow Cabinet that they interact with. Um, Rocket also becomes friends with Static as, like, two of the major, like, teen characters. Um, And they have, like, a little bit of, like, a will-they-won't-they kind of thing going on that doesn't end up going anywhere before, like, the, uh, you know, the the series end. Um, There's, uh... Also, significantly, uh, Rocket ends up becoming, uh, or discovering that she's pregnant, um, with, uh, from her ex-boyfriend, and she leaves superheroing for a little bit, um, while she's, uh, pregnant, and- Makes uh, sense. Yeah, as, as one would do, and, uh, her friend- Darnice takes over the role of Rocket for a little bit. Um, and she gives birth to a son, um, who she names partly after Icon, which is sweet. Um, and she, like, I, Icon Static, you're named after the two men. <laughs> Um, my beautiful baby boy, Icon Static. Um, he's named Amistad Augustus Irvin. Amistad, I mean, Augustus after Icon, and Amistad after, um, a, uh, well-known slave ship. Um, which which is- It's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. I, like, I, you know, I see where it's coming from. It is a lot to put- on a on baby. Son, on a baby. On your baby boy. Um, but she continues raising her son while she is superheroing. Um, 
so all of that is going on uh in the pages of icon uh also at some point icon like briefly goes back to like his home planet and uh is replaced by this uh character um named uh buck wild who's like a parody of luke cage um all right <laughs> which is which is is funny he like he Talk, he like uses the very specific kind of black exploitation like way of speaking that Luke Cage used in the seventies, um, because it's like when he got superpowers, his brain got stuck in the seventies, so now he talks oh no. like it's the seventies all the time, um, which is pretty funny, um, but cursed to never pick up new slang. <laughs> just can't learn it. It just, you know, it goes in one ear out the other. Yeah. Um what what do the kids say now? Yeet? <laughs> Never gonna use it. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um so as we mentioned, uh Milestone Comics ends up ceasing publication in the late 90s. Um so obviously there's Nothing from Icon or Rocket for a little while. Um, in the mid-2000s, um, DC announces that they're going to be integrating um, Milestone characters into the main uh, DC universe. Um, so Static joins the Teen Titans. Um, Rocket is, uh, along with Static, um, ends up being a, uh, pretty significant recurring character in the Young Justice cartoon. It's like a few years after they announced that they're going to start doing this. Um, and Icon and Rocket make a, um, couple, uh, appearances in, like, Justice League stuff, um, along with some members of the Shadow Cabinet. It's like, they establish this kind of, like, backstory reason for why this has happened, which is that there's, like, a character in Milestone called Dharma, who basically caused the Big Bang by trying to, like, avert a potential apocalypse, um, and somehow, like, like, foresees that the Milestone universe is going to be destroyed and, like, uses his powers to merge it with the DC universe. So, it's established and treated as though, like, these Milestone characters have always existed there. Um, so, Icon, like, interacts with Superman and it's established that, like, the two of them know each other and have worked together before. Um, why was my first thought when you were like, they know each other? My brain was like, carnally? Car they know each other biblically. Um, I mean... God's brain rot. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I don't... I think Clark would get along with Augustus. I think he would, like, leave all their interactions being like, not sure about that guy's politics. <laughs> 
not fully on board with Clark's like, just like you know what he's been around for a long time yeah uh, <laughs> you know he's he's been through things that i haven't been through so i i can't judge him but just i don't think we're gonna see eye to eye <laughs> um so this is uh you know brief they don't like end up establishing a lot of presence in the DC universe besides static who like as always is like has the most success out of any of them and also again like rocket is fairly significant in young justice icon also shows up um static is also there uh <laughs> static is there we love to see him um but not like a you know, like, they don't get their own titles. You're not, like, seeing them everywhere. Um, and that continues for a few years, and then, uh, like, five or so years ago now, DC announces, um, their intent to, uh, relaunch Milestone as a DC imprint. Um, with the help of some of the co-founders, um, the surviving co-founders, uh, and, yeah, like, keeping it, reverting it back to, uh, you know, its own, like, self-contained universe, uh, because I don't know if at that's this- better or worse. <laughs> yeah, th- like, at this point, they've been through, like, two reboots, in a very short amount of time so it's like they can do this sort of thing um but yeah like i i really like having static and rocket on like the teen teams so i'm like depending on how things go maybe they'll kind of you know whatever multiverse things happen it's like on one hand you probably get a little more freedom to tell the kind yes. of stories that you want to tell in an imprint like that. But on the other hand, it does kind of feel removed. And it does kind of feel like, well, we don't want these characters here anymore. How about you have your own thing? Which feels yeah. mm, weird and gross when it's a bunch of black characters and black creators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless the creators are like, Hey, can we have our imprint back? We do not like the control that y'all have over this. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know what the kind of uh, inner workings of all of this were. Um, But uh, they announced this in 2018. Or they announced it in 2017. And then it's supposed to launch the next year, and then they get kind of caught up in a bunch of, like, various legal issues, uh, and also, you know, other comic book, all of the various comic book problems. Um, so it doesn't end up actually launching until late 2020. Um, and so the new Icon and Rocket series as one of the flagship titles of that is a reboot um basically it retells you know the story from the beginning keeps it mostly 
the same. Um, they have, uh, Icon, uh, when his powers manifested, um, killed, uh, Confederate leader, uh, Jefferson Davis. Which... I mean, good for him. Yeah. But also, why, why do they always feel the need to be all like, hey, this superhero, guess what? They killed a man. They killed a man. Um, I, I do Hey, like we're changing because... his backstory. He killed a guy. Yeah. Um, I do like it because it feels like one of those things that's like, always like, oh, no, we can't, we can't, we can't kill Hitler. Like, you know, certain things, like, have to happen. It's like, I, this guy sucks. I'm just gonna kill him. Take him out. (laughs) Just get him out of here. Um, so they, uh, another, like, pretty significant thing they add in is that, uh, Icon's initial... Spaceship crash was, uh, caused by a shape-shifting terrorist, uh, named Benedict Lord, um, who is... That's such a name. (laughs) It's really a name, for sure. Um, he's also immortal, and they establish that he's been kind of, uh following Icon in some form or another, like, throughout his life, like, trying to kill him, but not being able to do it. Um, Hey, do they keep the baby thing? I am not sure. I couldn't find anything about the baby. I feel like that would be a very easy time for this shapeshifter to kill this man. Hey, your ship cr- I made your ship crash, and that didn't kill you, but it did turn you into a baby, so I am gonna do it oh. now, thank you. Yes, no, that baby thing. Yes, they do keep that. He is still- he becomes a baby. Um, I- just I kill him maybe, while he's a baby! What? I, think, I think it might have taken him a while to find him, and by the time he found him, he was no longer a baby. Um, Earth's not that big. <laughs> If you made his ship crash, you can find it. I'm assuming you can just find the ship that has crashed and then be all like, hey, did anybody see anything weird? And this lady's like, well, I found this baby. And he's like, cool, that's my baby. (laughs) I lost him. And she's like, oh, okay. And then... (laughs) He's like, cool, thank you. I will now leave with my baby. And then he just goes and he just, you know, disposes of the baby. I don't... Maybe he shows up and he's like, hey, have you seen anything weird? And this woman's like, I found this baby. And he's like, well, the guy I'm looking for is definitely not a baby. So I don't know (laughs) what that is, but I'll go look somewhere else. (laughs) Just Um, like, dang. Then he finds Dang. the ship, and he's like, well, I guess this is mine now, and my only clue to find him. And then he's like, what's this machine do? And the machine's like, I turn you into a baby. <laughs> he's, he's like, like damn it, where'd that baby go? Freaking but it's baby. been like 20 years, so now he's looking for like a human baby, and he can't find it because he's now like 20 years old. Yeah. Aging um, is so weird. <laughs> I can't understand it. Um I've been immortal for too long. <laughs> Um, they also, uh, reintroduce the rocket and static dynamic, um, and they 
introduce a love interest for Icon named uh, Shamara Collins, who is the leader of an uh, all-women superhero team called the Love Corps. Okay. Um, And uh, she seems cool. I don't know. She is telekinesis. Um, God, they just love telekinesis in here, huh? Yeah, you gotta have some telekinesis. Um, I don't know that much about her, but she looks cool. Um, so, yeah, that's Icon and Rocket season, season one, um, was, like, how they sort of titled these, uh, initial, like, arcs, basically, um, that wrapped up last year, and I'm not sure if they've said anything about season two yet um but uh yeah i i i don't know i hope that they're able to keep going with this and uh that the you know the new imprint was a way to give them you know creative freedom and not to kind of shuffle them off and ignore them hopeful so we'll we'll see um, did you have anything else to discuss? No, I didn't, uh, do much this week except for work and read fanfiction mm-hmm. and <laughs> sit outside because the weather's nice. Um, oh, well, that's nice. Yeah, so I, I didn't, I could have read comics probably, but I did not. So, you yeah. know... <laughs> Yeah, um, I did pick up some comics. Um, the first issue of uh, Superboy, Man of Tomorrow came out, which is the new series about um, our sweet boy, Connor Kent, Con L, um, back in the leather jacket with the spikes, the fingerless gloves, undercut, looking so good. Um, the sort of emotional arc is like largely focused on him trying to figure out his place in you know the super family now that uh Clark is Superman and John is also Superman um <laughs> are there any other supermans i should know about <laughs> literally um and Kara's here which is like is fun because it feels like sort of like a meta thing. Like he's emotionally trying to figure out his place, but also like, what is where's he gonna live? Place? <laughs> yeah, what what is his place in the story going forward? Um, so that was cute. The art is very cute. He does look very young, but I think that's sort of intentional because they're kind of semi-rebooting him back to, like, original con before, uh, a lot of stuff happened, uh, pre, you know, Young Justice con and not, uh, angry 2000s black t-shirt Connor, (laughs) who I do also (laughs) love, but, like, you know, he's been through a lot. Um, that was cute. 
Uh, I picked up an issue of The Flash because I saw that there was a Super Sons appearance, and obviously I had to. Um, <laughs> the uh, Flash kids end up, like, accidentally getting zapped into an alternate universe, um, and then John and Damien show up to help them. Um, can I read you a panel from this? Um, Why would I ever say no? Yeah, because it made me uh, nuts. Um, so uh, the kids are, whoever brings it up, maybe Irie, um, like, is complaining to John. They're like, why do you hang out with this, like, angry child? He's so mean and bossy. Um, and, oh, here it is. How can you stand him? He's stubborn and mean and... John interrupts and goes, my hero, um, listen, I don't know, (laughs) listen, I don't know about you, but I have great parents. I had a great childhood. Robin, he was raised to be the head of a bunch of assassins, which is messed up. And then at some point he decided to be a hero. Do you know what it takes to turn your back on everything you've been taught in order to do what you think is right? I may have super strength, but Robin is the strongest person I know. No. How? How can you say things like this to me and then no. make me go back to the main universe where they're not the same age anymore? No. How can you do this to me? Oh, um, no. <laughs> normal, 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 normal stuff. Um, I, um, also picked up an issue of Nightwing, even though I'm very behind on Nightwing, because I saw a out-of-context spoiler panel, and I was like, oh my god, does he have a new costume that I have to <laughs> learn what's going on about? He doesn't actually have a new costume. It's like a, a dream projection illusion thing. I don't think he's going to have a new costume <laughs> going forward. Um, but it... uh. I still enjoyed reading it, even though I'm not 100% sure what's happening. Um, Love to see the Titans, always. Obviously, I got the excellent cover that's, like, all of the Titans, like, in formal wear, like, sitting on a fancy couch. I mean, you gotta. Because, yeah, because you gotta. Um, Also, there's a little girl named Olivia in it, so the whole time I'm like, oh, it's me. (laughs) Um, And there's a... Very, very, very sweet backup story that's mostly with um, Dick and John, uh, and John helping him talk through some of his circus trauma. Um, Just, like, super, just really, just really nice. Um, They also, um, they premiered a bunch of the Hellfire Gala outfits this week. Um... Love, love to see them, always. Um, there were a lot of, um, they, like, released all of the Hellfire, like, variant covers, so a lot of them were for, like, non-mutant characters who have, like, their own titles. Um. Yeah. The Miles Morales one, very good. The Miles Morales one is very good. Um, I also like, uh, Carol Danvers looks very cool. Um... Thor has his titties out, which, uh, 
you know. Par, par for the course. <laughs> par for the course, classic Thor move. Um, oh, there's also a very cool one with um, uh, Black Cat and Mary Jane that I really like. Uh, but they all look great. I, uh, they're all very cool and I'm very excited. Um, they also announced uh, this past week, which I've been dying to talk about because it feels like somebody just like started throwing darts at like a board of like stuff capes and japes liked um <clears throat> marvel is doing a i think limited series a um magneto solo series um oh, yeah <laughs> th- that's a flashback because magneto's currently dead um and it's a flashback specifically set while Magneto was teaching the New Mutants, um, written by J.M.D. Mateus, uh, who is most beloved by this podcast for his work on Justice League International and associated titles, <laughs> um, and drawn by uh, Todd Nock, who oh, I wow. yeah have not seen around in a while, but I have like such deep nostalgic fondness for um because of his work on young justice and also uh probably more so his work on the uh comic based on the teen titans cartoon um and it's just such like such a bizarrely specific concept with such like a it feels like such a weird grab bag creative team um yeah it's like, how I'm did compl- they do this without us in mind? Yeah, like, exactly. Like, who else is this for? <laughs> um, so, obviously, I'm stoked out of my mind for it. Um, and I can't, it's like, especially because it's being announced, like, most of the stuff coming out this summer for X-Men is all of, like, the Fall of X stuff. So they're, like, announcing, like, tons of new titles that are like ooh huge shakeups to like the line and then it's like also we're doing this magneto flashback thing it's like yeah yeah absolutely sure um so very very excited to see where that goes um i believe that's it uh if you want to keep up with us see when we post new episodes you can follow us on um, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, just at Capes and Japes. Send us an email to capesandjapes at gmail.com. Um, we have a Discord server that uh, everyone is welcome to join. Come and talk about your favorite Hellfire Gala looks, whatever you feel like. Um, we also have a Patreon if you want to support us on there. Um, we're going to be recording our April bonus episode immediately after this, so be a good time if to join, <laughs> and you'll also get tons and tons of previously recorded bonus episodes. Um, Look, our first bonus episode was Spider-Verse 1, and now Spider-Verse 2 is coming out oh soon. Oh my god! So, <laughs> there's oh, a I'm lot in there. There's, yeah, I guess. I wasn't even thinking that. Holy moly. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so consider that. Um, 
if you are not able to support the Patreon, but you want to help out the show in some way, uh, leaving a rating and review is a very cool thing to do. Um, telling a friend about the show if you think they might be interested, and just coming back and joining us. So thank you for being with us today on Capes and Japes. I have been Olivia. And I have been Briar. And as always, knock that baby out of the sky. <laughs> Gonna just... follow this baby until we both die. <laughs> Yeehaw! <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.